two, one. What's going on, Cassie? Hey, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see you. Good to have you on the God is Awesome podcast. If you are just joining us today, we want to really thank you. My name is Aaron Mamuyak. I'll be your host. This is a podcast that just interviews everyday normal Christians about how uh, a God has been in uh, in their lives through the ups and downs. It's a ministry of Sunlight Community Church. So we just interview our church members. These are just regular old people, just like me and just like Cassie, my friend here. Um, and so, yeah, if you if you like podcasts about testimonies, please don't hesitate to share, subscribe, like, join the Facebook group um, and all of that. Uh, anyway, I just want to get us started here. Um, Cassie, just thanks for coming. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, maybe we could start off a little background story for you. Um, what, you know, where are you coming from, origin story, uh, and then we'll maybe get into how you um, found God, okay. or rather how God found you. Um, I mean, I guess I can start with, uh, I was, my mom was 15 when she had me. She was 15 years old. Um, which I have a 15 year old right now and it's crazy to even imagine that she would have a child at that age. Um, my mom had three kids by the time she was 20. Mm -hmm. I have a little brother and a little sister. Um, my mom and dad were childhood sweethearts. Um, he, uh, I guess he was around, I guess, for the birth of me and my brother. Uh, my father actually uh, apparently still to this day, he is a drug addict. Wow. Um, and he, uh, he lives up in New Jersey. He, um, he, uh, suffers with hepatitis C and cirrhosis to this day. Uh, I don't have really any contact with him. I never really knew my father growing up at all. Um, my mom, who is a saint and it's crazy. I look back now and I'm, I just, I can't imagine how she did it with us three kids. Yeah. Uh, she, you know, she worked two jobs at 15 years old, 16 years old, worked two jobs, um, was in cosmetology school at the time. Uh, and, um, you know, she was basically a single mom, you know, raising, raising kids, you know, mm -hmm. and my grandparents were around for a lot of it, but, you know, she's just, she's one strong woman. I tell you that, yeah. um, she, my dad, my real father, he actually, the last memory I had of him was, uh, Christmas morning. I think I was about maybe four years old, maybe three. Uh, he, my mom, you know, she worked really hard to make sure, uh, you know, us kids had a good Christmas. My little sister was six months old at the time. And the last memory I can remember was her walking down the road to my grandma's house. She walked miles holding on to me, my brother and my sister, who was six months old, um, because he uh, pawned the car. He took and traded the car for for drugs and oh, all of our Christmas presents. Um, my mom was devastated. And I think that's the point where she finally gave up and said, I've had it. Um, we lived with my grandparents for, you know, a few years until she got out on her own. Um, and, um, yeah, so I, I grew up little to no religion. Um, mm -hmm. uh, my family, they, you know, they say they believe in God and they love God, but as far as church or any kind of educational values, I had absolutely, I, I knew nothing. I mean, I, yeah. 
um, I almost want to say like, it was like, oh yeah, we love God. We believe in God almost to like cover our butts, I guess, you know, (laughs) you know, but, uh, there was no, like, I never went to church. I never went to any of that. I knew nothing. Um, I guess. Okay. So my mom met who is now, you know, I consider my father as six years old. Um, and they've been together for, you know, since then, since I was six and, um, He's amazing. He came into uh, my mom's life. He had two children of his own. One of them was uh, um, mentally handicapped. He uh, required a lot of, um, you know, a lot of attention. Uh, He had scoliosis, cancer. Uh, He was, you know, he was mentally, you know, incompetent. But, um, you know, my dad, my dad, yeah, my stepdad, he... He's amazing. He stepped in for us three kids. Um, he's been there through every single thing. And he was actually Catholic. He was brought up Catholic. Um, but still yeah. no religious, you know, no, no religious background was ever, like, pushed on us kids. We still didn't go to church or anything like that. I guess we just learned mm-hmm. what we learned through, you know, other people talking or whatever. But um, uh, I guess I'll – okay, so I met – Okay, so I'll fast forward. Um, I so mean, let I, me let me stop you. Let me okay. stop you there. So just to recap, your mom and your dad, um, your your birth dad, uh, were together until your brother was born, and then he left. Last memory you had? My sister, uh, my little sister. Oh, little sister, little sister. Yes, yes. And that, um, she she your mom was a saint, doing everything she can to basically hold it down for the family. Amazing <clears> woman, amazing and woman. And then, uh, and that sounds like a great um, you know, role model for you as a mom, as far as like fortitude and just going and grinding it out for the family. But then your dad (laughs) sold, pawned off the car and and, and Christmas presents for, for drugs. And so he, he became an addict. And so growing up in a household that was, that you didn't know your birth dad. And then, but then another man stepped in and uh, helped to raise you guys there. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's kind of like the background that you're coming from. With yeah. no no religion, no real Christianity or God or anything of sort. Right. Wow. Basically. That sounds that sounds great. Um, yeah. Sounds like a great like God like. It sounds like a really story of like Ruth or something, you know? Like God is bringing in someone in and just like kind of lifting that person up, um, mm-hmm. saving the family. It sounds awesome. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, you were saying fast forwarding to. Okay, so I mean, so I you know I. I can't say we were like poor, poor, but, um, I, you know, I, it wasn't like, you know, my mom struggled and it's crazy. I look back now and it's like, I, I understand because I've been through the same things, raising children and was a single mom for a very, very long time. And, um, everything that, you know, I guess that was instilled in me. It was just because I watched her growing up do everything possible to make sure, you know, we wore Nikes to school because if not, we got made fun of, you know, like she, she, she made sure us kids were okay, you know, and between her and my stepdad, like they, you know, I just, I, I, it's amazing. Um, but, uh, so I guess, and, uh, so, um, I was a good kid. I mean, I, I got good grades. I was actually band captain. I play uh, nine different instruments, uh, more so the trombone. You know that was that was my thing. I've won uh, 
the Young Floridian for music. I've won scholarships. I've won everything. And that's actually where I was going to go with my life. That's what I wanted to do was actually teach music. Um, I met the father of my oldest daughter, who was 15. Mm -hmm. I met him when I was 15. Um, He was my first love. Uh, He was two years older than me. Um, I ended up getting pregnant at 18. And Mm -hmm. um, that kind of put any, okay, going to college, you know, to the side because now I was about to be a mom of a baby girl. Sure. Um, Brianna. So um, I spent actually eight years with, with Brad. Um, He, uh, you know, he was, he was amazing man, got involved with drugs later on. Um, I was, I think 19, no, 20 years old. I, got into a serious car accident um, and I had Brianna with me. Brianna was four months old at the time. Mm-hmm. I was driving. I actually moved to West Palm. I moved out. I moved in with Brad. Um, I was actually driving back to uh, Port St. Lucie to meet my mom for lunch. I hadn't seen her in a while and I had the baby with me and it was pouring down rain on the turnpike. And there was a lady that was doing 92 miles an hour. I think they clocked her at. Um, she hydroplane and hit me. And I had a little Nissan Sentra. Uh, actually hit the side that Brianna was on, my daughter. Um, they had to use the jaws of life to get me and her out of the vehicle. I got really hurt. I um, had 14 fractures in my kneecap. I broke my wrist. Um, I got really banged up, uh, really banged up. It's, it's a miracle that I'm alive. And it's crazy because I look back now and it's like, I never wore my seatbelt. Something, something, I'll say it was God, but something told me to put my seatbelt on that day when I was getting on. I said, this lady's going to kill somebody. And I put my seatbelt on. And sure enough, I got into a car accident with her two minutes later. Um, I, when, when it was such like a shock when it had happened that, um, all I could think about was my daughter in the back seat. So with broken bones and everything, I crawled to the back and she was actually knocked out, but I didn't know that she was just sleeping. She ended up not with a scratch on her. Um, good, good deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I actually, so I ended up in the hospital. Um, I, I broke, you know, quite a few bones, got really hurt. Uh, afterwards I started going to pain management at the time. I didn't know anything about pain pills or anything like that. And, um, the doctor was just telling me, telling me to take this medicine. It'll make you feel better when you're hurt and take this medicine. It'll make you feel better when you're hurt. And, um, I started taking, um, you know, like heavy duty narcotics and, at the time, maybe like, yeah, cause I had broken bones, but, um, they never tell you like when you try and stop taking this medicine, like you're going to go through like the worst withdrawals of your entire life, you know? Um, so, uh, have you ever, have you ever done any kind of narcotics drugs before this? No, I actually, I, like I said, I was a good kid. I didn't experiment with any kind of drug at all until mm-hmm. I was like in my twenties. So, okay. um, 
Yeah. And then this happened. And then this happened. Jeez. How um, old were you with this? With this I, car accident? Uh, I was. I was actually 19 because Brianna was, I was 19 about to turn 20 because Brianna was just, she was like maybe four months old at the time. Oh, geez. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So at that point I was, um, you know, I had a new baby and I got really hurt and I was taking pain medication and, um, I guess taking it over a period of time, you build up tolerance, you start taking more and more and more. Well, eventually one day I woke up and I was like, listen, I'm done. I don't want to take this no more. I don't need it. And this was like maybe eight months down the road. I'm like, I don't need it no more. You know, I'm good. I'm healing. Mm -hmm. Well, I tried to stop taking it and I had never gotten so sick before in my life. I mean, it was convulsions to throwing up to uh, the flu times 20 pretty much. Wow. Um, and at the time, I didn't know I was withdrawing from the medicine. I just thought I had gotten sick. And somebody was like, yeah. hey, take one of these medicines and you'll feel better. So I did. And I did. Um, because of that, because I was so physically dependent on it, I ended up continuing to take it for a few more years. Because if I stopped, I would get sick. Yeah. And I did not like that feeling at all. Sure. Um, so I'm still with uh brianna's father at this time and it's two years down the road three years down the road uh we're still living in west palm beach at the time and uh this is this this brings me to uh where my son comes in um i was working at uh the tiki bar in riviera beach it was at the riviera beach marina it's now closed down but I was there for a few years. Um, it was, let's see, so I guess I was about 23 at this point. Um, I was walking home and it was New Year's night. And uh, I guess when I had gotten home, now I told you before that the father of my children, like, you know, I was kind of, I was taking, you know, narcotics at the time. And he was also too, but he was taking many other things um besides that and he became an alcoholic he drank a lot uh by the time i was on my way home on new year's night i guess he was already passed out um i went to turn the corner into my apartment complex and i got knocked out immediately and um somebody hit me so hard i didn't know it was coming i came to for about I want to say 10 seconds to realize at this point I was being raped by a older man who lived in the complex and um, I had no idea like you know but I, I came to to realize what was going on but I guess the shock in my body made me pass right back out um, yeah he um, he hurt me really bad uh, he more he, he left me for dead pretty much. Uh, he broke uh, 17 bones in my face from the hit um, and uh, anywho so uh, and at the time the father of Brianna he was passed out in the house. He later found me. He found me. I was naked. Um, 
I was so out of it. He couldn't get anything out of me until, you know, the next day, which I was in the hospital. Um, and so he raped me and he hit me really hard. And I think had Brad not woken up and found me, it could have been quite possible that I, I didn't make it because I was actually the bones that were broken in my jaw. Um, I couldn't breathe and I was almost like choking on, on, on blood. Um, so anywho, I get through that and, um, I find out three months later that I'm pregnant. Where, and where, where are you in your head? Like mentally, what are you thinking? How are you getting through any of this? You just found out you're pregnant. Like, uh, I guess I was still taking so much narcotics that it numbed it. And mm. I I don't really think I knew where I was. I was, um, okay, I'm pregnant, but I'm pregnant and I'm with Brad. So maybe it's Brad's baby. You know, like I didn't think, I didn't even want to think. Like I th after the, the rape happened, it's almost like I just tried to forget about it. Like, I tried to forget about it, that it happened. But it's like, anytime I tried to, I was having horrifying nightmares. I was so scared to even go out of my apartment. Like, thinking any any place that I went, like, something bad was going to happen. Mm. Um, I, I don't, I was dealing with a lot of issues, but I don't think I realized I was dealing with a lot of issues at that time. Because, like I said, I was numbing it with the pain medication that I was continually to take. Um, and it, at that point I was just taking so much because my tolerance was so high that I didn't realize how much I was taking. Like, I'm surprised that I didn't overdose, you know? Um, so anyways, I find out I'm pregnant. Uh, Brad knew at the time, like what, you know, like, okay, so it's not, it doesn't belong to the guy that raped me. No, there's no way. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Like, that's what we kept saying. No, no, no. Um, but then we, we kind of came up with a plan. I, at that point, um, I honestly, I wanted an abortion. I wanted to get rid of it immediately. I didn't even want to take that chance. I was like, no way. What if it is, you know, then what? Um, I actually went to the abortion clinic twice and was in the chair and each time I, I just got up and I walked out. I said, I can't do this. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do this. I felt it's hard to do something like that after you already had one child. And I said, but what if it belongs to Brad? What if it's Brad's, but you know, what if, you know? So um, I guess I went through the pregnancy and I continued to take pain medication. I didn't care. I was like, well, maybe I'll just lose the baby, you know, due to taking pain meds. Jeez. And I was still like stuck on these pain meds and I couldn't get off. Um, Can I ask you what happened to the guy? What happened to him? Um, he actually is in prison for the rest of his life, but not because of the crime he committed on me, because of the crime he committed on another lady after me. So he raped somebody else and ended up prosecuting him, and he's in prison for the, for the rest of his life, um, thankfully. Hmm. He's actually, he's in his 60s, believe it or not. And, um, uh, yeah, so... I, uh, and I'll, I'm about to get to something here in a minute, but, uh, it's how I kind of overcame all this. So, um, 
Anyways, so, okay, so I wake up one morning after taking all this pain medication. I'm so foggy in my brain. I call my mom. I'm eight months pregnant. And I'm like, Mom, I want to get off this pain medication. I'm about to have this baby. It's almost like everything was blanked out in my mind. And then I just woke up one morning, eight months pregnant, and looked at my belly and was like, oh, my God, there's a baby in there, and it's about to come out soon. What am I going to do? So I kind of, like, just tried to forget about it almost – and it's hard to believe even though the child was inside of me. Um, So I called my mom, and I said, I don't know what to do. I need help. She got me into a program in Plantation General um, of where they were able to medically detox me um, safely. To where it didn't harm the baby. How long? Um, how long were you there for? Um, I was there for thirty days, but then um, I felt like I needed more treatment. I needed to deal with some of these issues, and not just for you know the pain medication because I wanted to stop that, and I, you know, that was like not the issue. I was just dealing with other things that you know I was so depressed, suicidal. Um, uh, a lot, a lot, a lot yeah. was going on that I didn't really realize, but I knew I needed help. And I knew if I went home after those 30 days, I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. So I ended up going to another treatment facility called Susan B. Anthony. It's down south. Wonderful treatment program. They allow you to have your children there with you. Oh, that's nice. Um, I went there and I actually spent a year there. But anyway, so, okay, so I didn't know at the time, like, where Jordan came from. And I went to the hospital. We, I had him. And immediately I knew it, it, it belonged to, um, um, let me back up. I'm, I'm, I'm going. Okay, so before this happened, me and Brad, he, he also went to treatment. And I went to treatment. And it was a month away before the baby was about to be here, before Jordan was about to be here. We made a decision if the baby came out and it didn't belong to him um, that we were going to put it up for adoption. And I actually started the process. I started all the papers. I started everything for it. Um, And then uh, so Brad was in a treatment facility, but he was continually getting kicked out. He wasn't following through. And I was doing very well. I was excelling. Um, I ended up having Brianna come stay with me at the place. Um, I go to the hospital, I have Jordan and find out it doesn't belong to Brad. And it's crazy. I took one look at this child and I was like, I knew it didn't belong to Brad, but I knew I couldn't give it away. I knew I could not give him up. Like this was my baby. He just grew inside of me. And one way or another, I was going to figure out what to do, how to raise this child, you know? Um, Brad ended up meeting me at the hospital after I had him, and he also he said, you know what, I don't care, give him my last name. And he did. He made Jordan a Cooper, and he does not belong to him. He was from the rape. Uh, to this day, I, I feel like um, Jordan, you know, like he was meant to be here. Mm. And God, it does not matter what the circumstances are, like, I'm so grateful for him and I'm so grateful that I kept him and I'm so grateful that he's healthy and I call him my angel baby and he knows that because I feel like he came and he saved my life more or less because at that point I got I got clean I got off the pills um 
I started to go through counseling and I started to really get through all these issues. Um, I still struggled with a lot and I don't think I fully overcame anything uh, until um, I, I, I actually fully like took it and it was shortly after that that I um I started praying and I started going to church and I started you know talking to God and asking what, him what caused that what caused that um a friend of mine uh you know a really good friend of mine um I struggled you know I, I was still struggling with it and they knew the anxiety and the fears I had when I went out in public and um she actually was very involved in the church and I wanted to know more. Like I wanted to know more about God and I wanted to know more about Jesus because even though I didn't grow up with any background deep down in my heart, I knew there was something bigger than all of than all of us, something mm -hmm. more that, you know, connected all of us. And I always believed there was a reason for every single thing that happens in our lives. There's a reason for it all. Um, I started going to church and i never forget the first time I walked into a church, the feeling I got. It was almost like, um, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I just, I felt the spirit immediately inside of like, me. Like restful? Like, um, like. It's almost like, um, it was like a cleansing, like, yes. Mm -hmm. Like a, a, a relaxing feeling, like everything was going to be okay. Mm. And cleansing, like. Did you feel like when I when I walked through the church, I felt like well, as soon as I walked through the doors, it's almost like all that bad stuff was like sucked out. And as I walked in, it was like the old Cassie, like, you know, like I, it's hard just revive. Yeah. Relaxing. Re um, I don't know, like all the bad stuff just did not come with me inside of that church. Yeah. You know, all the stuff that, you know, I was dealing with. Um. So, okay, so I had Jordan and I had Brie, and at this point, um, I had went through the treatment program, and I got out of the treatment program, ended up moving back in with my mom and my dad, and um, I started to get back on my feet. I started working again. Um, you know, I had the two kids, and uh, I guess it was about six months down the road, my mom introduced me to one of her really good friends um and he's a really good man and i still stand by that today um i actually ended up having two more children with him um and <coughs> so okay i had two more children with him mm -hmm. i ended up with chris and it was it's hard to explain it it was more like um a good friendship with that resulted in two children almost like the best way I could put it is like we didn't we weren't like madly in love with each other but it's almost like it fit well like he was single you know I was single we got along really well and we cared about each other but it wasn't like boom we were like in love in love you know um and it worked it worked for like six years you know we ended up having two kids Chase and Julie my youngest and um, I, like I said, I spent six years with him. Um, I think, uh, so at this point, 
I was working, I worked, I start. this is when I started working at Applebee's. I had four children at the time. And um, I actually, uh, I was, I had an incident where I ended up in jail. Um, this is where God really, really comes into my life. I had an incident where I ended up in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember sitting in the jail cell and just thinking, you know, what, like, why, why am I sitting in here right now? Like, I guess when I, uh, okay, so I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Like, what happened? Um, I was hanging around people that were doing drugs, um, and they were actually family members and family members that I probably should have cut off a long time ago. And, um, you know, I, I can't say I had started, I had started on this journey in my life at that point where I was trying to get rid of all the negative people in my life. But one thing that my mom had always taught me growing up was family was everything, no matter what was going on. And I've always been the kind of person that always looked out for everybody else rather than myself. And I guess I was just wrong place, wrong time type of thing. Um, I ended up in the jail cell and at this point in my life, like I, I was just so unhappy. Like I, I had four kids. I was working nonstop. I was with Chris, but it was just like, man, like a roommate type of thing. Um, we started not getting along. And then I just realized all the people around me were so negative and it's almost like they were draining all of that out of me. And, um, because of that, I ended up in jail and I sat in the jail cell and I guess at this point I realized that I, I just, I, I wanted to do away with everything, everything, like everything was just coming down. I just was so unhappy with my life and I did not know how to fix it. Um, you kind of hit rock bottom. Sort of. Yeah. Um, I spent uh, about eight months in jail because of this, because I couldn't get in front of a judge. Um, instead of staying in like what they call general population, I went into the spiritual dorm and the spiritual dorm is actually, there was 20 of us girls and they focused primarily, primarily on, uh, counseling. It was like a self-help program. Uh, it was very religious involved. You know, it was like a Christian program. We went to church seven times a week. Uh, we went through groups and it was like such an intense, tense program. Um, I remember I went to my first church service inside of the jail and, uh, I realized like this was going to be what helped fix my life pretty much. Mm. Um, I, it was about three o'clock in the morning and all the two other girls were sleeping in my dorm. And I stood straight up and I hit my knees and uh, I'll never forget this. Uh, I started crying and I just begged God to just come into my heart. Like I, I, it was almost like I tried everything else. I've tried to do everything else on myself and I couldn't do it. That I, I just, I wanted God to just take it all. And it's, 
and it's crazy because I woke up that next morning after all that. I remember I cried three hours straight after that. I just begged God, come into my heart, come into my heart, please. Like I surrender it all to you. And I remember just crying and crying and crying for three hours. I woke up that next morning and I felt like a whole different person, a whole different person. Like almost like he did erase all of it. Like he took it all away, all that hurt. Like I woke up and I was, I was smiling and I was happy and, you know, even talking to my mom on the phone from the jail, she's like, you sound mighty happy today. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm so good. I continue to go to, um, to, to church in there. Mm -hmm. I continue to, um, study the Bible and I was reading and reading. I was reading all these fabulous books, um, that, you know, really helped me. Uh, and the biggest thing I think that really did is I wrote a letter to the man who raped me and I sent it to him. I found out what, what prison he was at and I told him that I forgave him for everything that he did. Yeah. And, um, it was part of the program. It was part of the steps. And I don't know what his reaction was reading that letter. Cause I wasn't there, but I think at that moment was when it all went away, like mm -hmm. all of it. That's when I, I truly forgave him. So all, all of it like washed out of me. I was okay with it. And now like, it's crazy. I, I, I look at Jordan growing up every single day and I'm like, oh my God, like, uh, it's not that I'm glad that that happened, but I'm like, what if that didn't happen? Like I wouldn't have had Jordan right now. Like Jordan right. is my whole entire life. Yeah. Um, I ended up getting out of jail and at that point, it was all about me. I cut off all the negative people in my life. I started working really, really hard. Um, I ended up going back to Applebee's. I started working really, really hard. Um, I ended up leaving Chris, uh, who was the father of my two youngest, because I just felt like he was a good man. And we still are great friends till this day, but he wasn't the one for me, you know? And, um, I ended up doing my own thing. I was a single mom for a little bit with four kids. I worked my butt off. I had family support. They were amazing behind me 100%. Mm -hmm. um, and I, um, I continue to just uh, learn more about God and, and, and truly like apply that to my everyday life. Like yeah. not just say like, oh, I love God. I believe in him and I pray. Like I just started and I have this thing, like how I talk to God, I like to go outside like at nighttime, you know, underneath the stars. And I feel like it's like personal time with me and him. And I, I literally stand out there and I talk out loud and I feel like, I, I don't know, like that's my thing. Like I can feel, I almost feel like he's like sitting there just listening to me and I talk out loud and I have neighbors that come out and they're like, this crazy lady's just standing outside, just talking out loud. But I do that and it yeah. and it it's it's like it's it's just, it's amazing and I still do it to this day like I, I wait till the kids go to sleep and I, as I'm outside I stand under there and I just talk to them and slowly like amazing things started happening in my life amazing things yeah. um, <clears throat> I went from a single mom with nothing to meeting who is probably the love of my life, mm -hmm. you know, um, 
I met Cody. Uh, actually, I knew Cody for years. He um, he always came into Applebee's and sang karaoke for years. And I've been at Applebee's for seven years. And um, I didn't know him, know him, but uh, he, like, we, I don't know. It was weird. Like, we kind of had a crush on each other, but we never, like, really said anything, I guess. <laughs> you know, it was just like, hey, hey, you know. Um, so you're in a good spot right now. I am. Yeah. And I met him. I have a house. Uh, I just got promoted up to manager at my job. Mm-hmm. Um, I am now having my fifth baby. Aww. And uh, in September now, my due date got changed. Um, Cody came in and he is amazing. He stepped in for the kids. You know, the two younger ones, um, their father, you know, like I said, I'm great friends with him. Brad, who actually was uh, Brianna's father, he passed away seven and a half years ago. He got into a car accident and got killed. Um, killed immediately. And so he's been absent from, you know, my oldest daughter and son's life for seven and a half years. Uh, so they've been pretty much without, you know, a father. And they love Cody. Like, they love him. You know, he... He really is. He, uh, it took a little time to, for him to learn patience because, like, you know, we, we just we fell madly in love with each other, you know, the first time we ever went out. And I told him, I'm like, are you sure? I have four kids. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, it's different when you're there. And I remember the first time, first couple times him coming around the kids. It took a few months before that happened. Like, you could see him, like, Oh my gosh, like what did I get myself into? You know? <laughs> if but, for anyone who's listening, Co- we did a <laughs> podcast with Cody earlier. So his podcast is just search Cody in our in, in the search bar and, and I'm sure you'll find it. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just I'm such yeah, like such amazing things that has happened and I'm so happy today. Like, you know, I've gotten over I've gotten over the rape and, you know, it took a lot of time and forgiveness and work on myself and um, I just, I look at it as a blessing now and I feel like God sent me Jordan for a reason yeah. and, um, that had to happen for all of that. And, um, you know, you know, Cody coming into my life and I have a home, like I have a house, you know, yeah. a house that's mine. And I'm about to be a manager of a restaurant, a yeah. huge restaurant. You know, and now I'm having my fifth child. And, like, I really – I couldn't ask for anything else. That's I really awesome. couldn't. Like, it's so amazing. And, um, yeah, so then we just became members of Sunlight, you know, yeah. a couple months ago. And <laughs> really all I have, you know, is God to thank for everything. And it wasn't until I completely surrendered and realized I couldn't do it by myself. And <laughs> – excuse me, I throw um, – really just gave my life over to him it it wasn't until then that things started to change and he still does little things like it's crazy like god does little things in my life like every single day like and i'm just like i i could not ask for more i couldn't that's amazing well praise god i mean god's really sounds like you've been through a lot in your journey and uh god sounds like god's protect you through the through i mean everything right i mean like through the car accident giving you uh, protect even protect you in in the rape 
and then giving you a gift from you know in Jordan and then you know just just and then found you I guess where was it in the steps program in jail mm-hmm. uh, was that correct and, and and now it's just like the healing and stuff like that it's, it's so awesome to hear that kind of story um, and praise God for that if I got I got two questions for you Cassie to wrap up here today first question um, what, what would you say for someone like what what do you say what's your review on like finding God in jail like I guess the transformational aspect over it or the healing aspect or the the steps program like how how um that, that's interesting to me. How does God work through that um, in your life? Or how did God work through that in your life? Um, was it like the forgiveness aspect of it? Was it the self? I mean, what was it? Um, I, I mean, I definitely believe the forgiveness aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but the program that they had in there was so intense. Like it was just so, so intense. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it just makes you really pull all that dirty stuff out and put it out on the table and deal with it. Like you're about to deal with it. And I guess, you know, me finding God, you know, it it made it a lot easier because I knew I had, I knew I had that like protection, you know, around me to go through it. Like here I am about to deal with it. And it really just made me realize like, I guess that everything does happen for a reason and that we may not understand it right now, but we will like the bigger picture comes together and, um, that he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Absolutely. Um, one last question, but before I ask this, I just want to thank you, Cassie, for being on. Thank you. Um, some really like sensitive, like personal stuff. I, I hope someone is blessed by it. Someone who has similar life experiences, maybe they could reach out to you and connect with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really important that these stories get told because this is real life and you are in a position right now that God can use you and, and, and keep on using you in, in many bigger ways in other people's lives. Uh, to find healing and cleansing and you know rest and all that stuff um so yeah if you guys are if you guys are still listening still with us we want to thank you please share this podcast with someone you you think might like it i think it might be a blessing in their life um follow us and all that stuff anyway uh one last question we end every podcast like this cassie why do you think god is awesome god is awesome because he just continuously loves me no matter what and just shows me that every single day through every single little thing that happens he just continuously shows me you know follow me and I will take you the right way I promise you know he's amazing yeah well thanks guys for joining (laughs) Cassie thank you so much thank you we love you guys we will see you all next time (laughs) bye